Welcome back in the podcast. It's Max. Um, just before we start, I would like to give a little overview of what's happening. Uh, maybe uh, some of you have realized that I've had a lot of English interviews in the past, and I think it's a good idea to reach more people in order to uh, change fundamental insights in society and in tech and all the digital topics that we have covered so far. Um, and uh, today's guest will be another hint in the field of artificial intelligence, which definitely has a huge impact on us as a society. And I think we need to have different perspectives on the topic as well. And uh, Christoph um, is one of the, the insight uh, givers that we can have in the podcast. We have different, uh, we have had different other guests on the show that face the topic of artificial intelligence. And I'm very happy to have him here. He's the global head of AI at ThoughtWorks. And uh, besides that, I'm would love to hear from you guys and uh, maybe you can also give another review on the itunes charts that would definitely help uh, to gain more listeners and really build up the community in the field of the whole tech and digital topic so happy to now get to the show enjoy and uh, hopefully we will hear soon from each other bye bye in the trenches every day cause i stay on my grind if they hate they let them make cause they won't stop my shine See me running to that money, I just want what's mine No, I don't waste no time No, I don't waste no time Whoa, 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 I don't waste no time Hello, Welcome back in the Feed Your Brain podcast. Uh, my name is Max and I'm happy to have another guest in the show. It's uh, Christoph Windhäuser from uh, ThoughtWorks. Um, he is the global head of AI from ThoughtWorks, so really leading the team of um, AI, artificial intelligence uh, globally, which is very interesting because we talk about tech, we talk about all the digital topics, we had some AI experts on the show, so it's, um, it's going to be a good follow-up on all the conversations we already had, and uh, I'm happy that you are in the podcast. Uh, welcome, Christoph. Yeah, Max, thank you very much for having me here uh, in your show. That's great. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's quite nice. It's a super interesting topic. I mean, we have um, met, I think, uh, quite some months ago to talk about voice and the different uh, stuff that is happening on that side. You are more or less responsible one layer above that, uh, which is very interesting. So I think it's great to chat a little bit about what's happening in the industry. Um, but maybe before we can deep dive into the topic, maybe you can give a little um, insight on where you have come from, which stations you have gone before um, to, give an, to give an overview of, of your experience. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to do that. Um, um, I um, did my, my studies at the university here in Germany in, in the 90s. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a, some while ago. And it was before the period you call today the AI winter. At that time, um, was about uh, 1990, 95, uh, around that, there was already a, a huge excitement about neural networks, so neural mm -hmm. networks coming up and were further developed with multi-layer perceptrons, backpropagation, and we found out that you actually really can do very interesting things with that. And um, I did my, my master in the area of uh, speech recognition with neural networks at the university in Bonn. When was that? Uh, that was, I did my... Um, my my masters at uh, 1993 okay and later the phd in 95 and so uh, we worked on 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 speech recovery with, with neural networks mm -hmm. there was no tensorflow and stuff like that so we <laughs> had to build our simulations by our own no python so we did everything in, in c and c++ 
to be performant. And what, what was even worse, uh, we didn't have all the training data available today, which you can easily download uh, in the internet uh, today. But at that time, we, we worked with the microphone, we recorded speech uh, from people, from speaker, mm -hmm. uh, we cut it into single words to do word training, uh -huh. and of course we labeled it. So listening to it and then designing the label files. That was awful lot of work. Um, but that was the only way to, to get reliable uh, training pattern. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we were we built um, multi-layer perceptrons um, with with one or two hidden layers. Mm -hmm. So not really deep networks as, as you have today. Mm -hmm. And um, and trained this stuff. And what was interesting, it really worked. So uh, in the in the uh, test environment, in the, in the studio mm -hmm. or in the office, you really could show uh, it is working. It is recognizing. So we got with isolated words. Um, and, and a single speaker, we got recognition rates from more than 90%, which is great. Yeah. yeah. When you have continuous speech, connected speech, and you have multi uh, uh, speakers environments, then it, it, it decreases, of course. of course. And this is great results. It shows this stuff is working. On the other side, it was not ready for the industry. So at that time, IBM made a lot of um, investments to design and build kind of a understanding typewriter. That mm -hmm. was the idea. Mm -hmm. uh, but they also, they, they never really had, had um, a commercial success with that. Um, so, and um, we, we, we also tried to use um, more layers, but we didn't have enough training data. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. If you have more, more, train, more layers, you get more parameters. Where did you get the, the, the data from back then already? Did you have notes or uh, audio files? Or? Uh, yeah, we had audio files. There, are, there have been from this already some, some uh, um, uh, reference databases with, with speech, but we also did some recordings by our, by our own. Mm -hmm. But you know, the, the, um, the amount of training data must correlate to the amount of parameters. Otherwise, you yeah. get an overfitting. Yeah. And uh, we only had few um, um, training data, so we couldn't train millions of parameters. Mm -hmm. This basically didn't work. We, we didn't get any generalization. So yes. we, were, we were stuck at maybe one or two hidden layers. That was it. And at that time point, also Markov models, the statistical models, mm -hmm. were uh, kind of better than, than, than backpropagation. Mm -hmm. That was the situation at that time. Uh, mm -hmm. So we, we showed it works, but uh, it was not really relevant for the industry. Mm -hmm. And this, th th then the AI winter came because uh, the, the field didn't advance much more and it was not really relevant for the industry. Was that end of the 90s? Or? Yeah, that was end of the 90s. Okay. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Um, so I went out of that field. Mm -hmm. um, I still made a PhD for speech recognition, but then I, I, I changed. I went to the industry. I worked 11 years for SAP and later for Capgemini, so in the, in the consulting business. Mm -hmm. And then more, more um, by accident, I, I checked the internet regularly about, I don't know, 2005, 2010. Okay. And then I saw, oh, what is this? What is deep learning? What's that? Uh, neural networks, we had that um, 20 years ago. What, what is that? And then I, I got much more into it and I saw it's exactly the same. But now um, we have much more training um, examples and training patterns. And of course, we have much better hardware, mm -hmm. more performant hardware with GPUs. And, um, and suddenly this stuff really worked well. Um, and there was this huge excitement uh, in, 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 the, in the internet and, and everywhere. And so I thought, wow, that's exactly what, what I did and what I made my thesis about this. And even more surprisingly, 
the old gurus of that day, like mm -hmm. Jan Lecun and, and uh, Jeffrey Hinton, yeah. uh, Jürgen Schmidhuber, they still have been around and have been le still leading the field. That, that's, right. that is really fascinating for me. That, that's really great. So then I, I desperately wanted to, to come back into that field. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, yeah, then I met uh, the company I'm now working for, ThoughtWorks. Mm -hmm. um, it is an... Um, also based in Cologne, right? <laughs> yeah, we have an office here in Cologne, but ThoughtWorks is an American company. So headquarters is in the US, in Chicago. But we are a, work, a global acting company. We have about 6,000 um, employees uh, yeah, all around the world. And um, ThoughtWorks also is is not a new company. They are on the on the in the industry, or they are existing more than 25 years ago. And uh, the speciality of ThoughtWorks is custom software building. Mm -hmm. So we are building a big application for industries in Germany. I don't know Mercedes, uh, BMW, Metro, mm -hmm. um, or Otto. Um, 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 Scout, the Scout Group, Auto mm -hmm. Scout, Emo Scout. These are our clients, mm -hmm. and um, so we are building software for them. And what is the speciality for ThoughtWorks is that we are a thought leader in the area of agile software development. Mm -hmm. So some of the the members of the Agile Manifesto, also a couple of years ago, are still in the company, like Martin Fowler, for example. Right, He's right. a great example. Very famous for his uh, books also, right? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So he's still with ThoughtWorks and it's really, um, yeah, it's, it's a very important leader for us. Um, and yeah, that is ThoughtWorks. And of course, for ThoughtWorks also... Data, data science, data engineering, data business, and artificial intelligence, machine learning is, mm -hmm. is really important. Uh, so then I started in 2017 at ThoughtWorks mm -hmm. as the head for machine learning in Germany. Okay. Doing business development here in Germany. And um, yeah, since last year, uh, 2018, I went into this role in a, in a global role. Mm -hmm. And now I'm at ThoughtWorks, the, the global head for artificial intelligence. Wow. I think a super interesting story, right? Where you came from studying speech in, an, in a time where it has not been used at any real case scenario like we have now, right? Using Alexa, you will, uh, using the Google Assistant, where, of course, speech recognition at first has a chance to enter a market for the people. I mean, people can now understand what speech recognition maybe in a more general term means for the for the actual consumer. So I think it's very interesting to to have someone in the show that actually comes from a from an area from the time time area where the whole speech part has already started. Of course, AI as a term probably has not has not been happening back then. It was more uh, coming from the years after the AI winter when businesses understood at first hand that AI can definitely be something where businesses can be built upon. And I think uh, seeing a uh, seeing the revolution and understanding that, as you said, right, the big key players like Jürgen Schmidhuber are still uh, still in the space, still active, uh, still um, researching. Uh, I think that's a very, a very good example of how AI has evolved. And it's not something that has been famous the last three years. So in, uh, in a total retrospect, it has been something that has been relevant for, for decades. And maybe to, to go into a little detail here, maybe you can um, summarize a little bit. What are the differences from your experience, from your viewpoint for businesses back then when they talked about let's do um, machine learning in some ways right let's try to uh, have systems to be more productive and what's what does ai mean today right where's like the biggest differences you can <laughs> see uh, from from those 20 years of, of learning yeah. and uh, researching 
Uh, obviously, the biggest difference are, of course, um, uh, the, the available hardware and, mm -hmm. and, and the training data. Um, on the other side, it's really interesting that how we are thinking about AI hasn't changed that much. And interestingly, interestingly as you said, um, the first ideas about artificial intelligence and, and perceptrons and all this kind of stuff are from the 50s, 1950s, 1960s. They are Marvin Minsky and, and the other guys and mm -hmm. this, this famous conference on AI. And already at that time, they were thinking it's just a couple of years, then they have solved that. So they will have intelligent agents uh, being more intelligent <laughs> than humans already at that time. And today we are in the same situation. Mm -hmm. So, of course, we have advanced um, what AI is capable of doing today. Mm -hmm. On the other side, we are still so much away from the human capability of human intelligence. Mm -hmm. So it's like uh, we have climbed a, a tree and, and but are not really much closer to the moon right, uh, right. As, as, an, as an example. Um, so and still today people think, well, in the next, I don't know, a couple of 10, 20, 30 years, we will reach the singularity and we will reach um, uh, intelligence much more intelligent than humans. Yeah. I think there's still um, a way to go. Yeah, so we are still thinking in, in, in this, this direction. Um, what is amazing, of course, is the advantage in, in hardware. Yeah. This exponential growth, you, you, you know the, the Moore's law, mm -hmm. say hardware is increasing exponentially. And for AI, it's even, uh, even yes, it is exponential, but much more faster than, uh, than for the traditional memories or CPU, clock rate, mm -hmm. etc. Can you maybe, um, for the people that yes. don't know, about the like the technology technological advances of good hardware development yeah. what has happened uh, there right what's yeah. different now maybe than five years ago and what in what does it enable for businesses especially yeah absolutely um the, the time when when i did my studies we just had had cpus and floating point processors so floating point processor was even an extra unit hardware on on the, on the motherboard of of, uh, of uh -huh. pcs so that that you could do floating point Operations in, in uh, um, directly and not simulating it uh, with with bin binaries and with integers, um, but that was it. And so every step was was simulated. And you know, in uh, in um, neural networks or deep neural networks, you have a massive parallel units who are working in parallel mm -hmm. with very simple algebra. They're just doing some adding up values and doing multiplying it with weights and and basically that that's it mm -hmm. but but um, huge amounts of of units in parallel so so even millions mm -hmm. um so in in the former days this was simulated and and did sequentially so this really took a lot of time mm -hmm. and training networks took took days or weeks or even months some sometimes um, this has changed uh, surprisingly that's really interesting by a unit which was um, uh, developed for gaming you mm -hmm. know the, the GPU the graphical processor units and you know for gaming you have the pixels on the screen also mm -hmm. millions of pixels and when you're moving um, um, things on the screen very fast you have to do the same multiplication and addition okay. um, uh, simple mathematical operations But, but you have to do it fast and in parallel mm -hmm. because you have thousands or millions of pixels and you have to do these calculations to, to get a, a moving um, and, and, and a fluid uh, picture and, mm -hmm. and, and video. And originally these chips have just been developed for, for graphical purpose. Mm -hmm. um, but then people saw that this is ideal for, for neural networks, actually. Exactly. And then they started to develop uh, simulations on these chips. And of course, the industry, NVIDIA was the first, really recognized that and mm -hmm. offered software and designed the chips in a way that they are really usable. 
And probably today they make more business with neural networks and AI than with gaming. Yeah. Additionally to this, they make a lot of um, money with bitcoins because that's, of course, also very well suited for, for calculating uh, blockchain and, and bitcoins. Um, so that was a huge increase in computer power with these GPUs. Mm -hmm. uh, additionally to that was coming that uh, companies like Google and now also Intel and others are developing special ships for neural networks. Mm -hmm. There is a nice story at Google where they had for a long time Google Translate, you know that service, mm -hmm. and before this it was operating traditionally with, with semantics and syntactic rules. Mm -hmm. And then they found out uh, just training a huge neural network uh, improves the performance significantly. Yeah. Then they made the switch to, to um, deep learning networks. But then they said, if everybody in the world is using that service, it's for free. We need huge farms of, of computers and, and GPUs. Yeah. Uh, and then they said, okay, it's, it's worthwhile to design our own chips. Mm -hmm. And they developed the, the TensorFlow processing unit, the TPU, mm -hmm. uh, which even has even a better, higher performance for these massive parallel calculations. Um, and yeah, this is available today in the cloud services, right. Google Cloud, Amazon Cloud, Azure Cloud, they have all these chips. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and you have today a huge um, availability of computer power to mm -hmm. train your networks. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, I think um, what you just described, right, is an, an enormous advancement in, in the industry, just in hardware, which enables to software to be better. Um, and I remember a conversation that I had with my co-founder, Alex, he said, He just um, somehow compared two different ways of, um, of, of using a machine learning algorithm. And on the one hand, it was his computer. And it took, I think, two and a half years until like the, the engine has been fully uh, emerged, more or less. And if he would have done it via the TPU, I think it was like two and a half hours. So you could really see how different or how big the, the difference is between like a normal computer uh, and, and the, the, the hardware that is delivered there and a TPU that is um, offered on the cloud, ready on demand for everybody that, that is uh, interested in testing, uh, testing algorithms or uh, machine learning in general. Uh, so I think that's a very interesting uh, conversation here. Uh, maybe to go a little further, I think um, you have come from, from a part now where you have actually done projects on the topic and uh, It's AI is still like in a movement where people don't really have a clue what's happening now, right? There are so many terms that are just thrown into one bin and nobody actually knows what's what's real, what's not real, what's what's possible, what's not possible. What do you think? Where are we right now in our AI? What do you think as as ThoughtWorks, as Christoph, what do you think? What's the movement currently uh, and where are we? Yeah, I agree with you. There's, there's a lot of confusion about the different terms. What is AI? What is machine learning? What is, what is data, data science, data engineering? Absolutely. Um, just to make, a bit, make it a little bit clearer, um, at least in my, my point of view, AI is really hard to define. Artificial intelligence. So what is intelligence anyway? So mm -hmm. even psychologists and neuro, neuro uh, scientists, they, they struggle to define the term intelligent. What is intelligence? Is mm -hmm. calculating in your head, is this intelligent? Yeah. Maybe yes, maybe no. But if this is intelligent, then any calculator would be artificial intelligent mm -hmm. because the calculator can do this. Yeah, uh, or an Excel spreadsheet you would have to call uh, artificial intelligence. So sometimes people say whatever we are not able to do but we would love to do and humans can, that is artificial intelligence. But mm -hmm. at the point you are able to do this, everybody says, well, that's simple. So maybe it's not AI. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So see the, the chess computer, for <clears> example. 
Um, yeah. I think if in, in former times, everybody would agree that chess, of course, is an intelligent game and you need intelligence to play chess, chess mm -hmm. on a high level. Um, now we have chess computers who beat every human, um, but every, you know it's, it's Bruce Force, so they're just trying millions of different choices and, and picking the best. Mm -hmm. And then you would argue, well, this is not really intelligent. That, that is, in fact, really simple yeah. and stupid, but it's, it's fast and it's vast. Uh, so that is really hard to define, artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. Maybe that is something which is intelligent and is done by, by machines. Mm -hmm. We could define that. What is much better defined is machine learning, actually. Yeah. And machine learning means um, you have an algorithm who is optimizing his behavior based on data. Mm -hmm. So he, he gets data, he's working on data, on examples, and he is improving his behavior. Um, and that's actually what we call machine learning. Mm -hmm. And most of that, what we are talking today about artificial intelligence, in fact, is machine learning. Yeah. So I cannot imagine a lot of stuff which is AI, but not machine learning. Mm -hmm. So that would be, for example, the old expert systems from the 70s, where people have hard-coded uh, the rules yeah. and the logic in there, which is not able to learn. But this is not really interesting for us mm -hmm. because it cannot adapt to the environment. It cannot learn. Right. So right. all the advances we see today, like self-driving cars and Alexa and you name it, um, they are all based on machine learning mm -hmm. because they get data and improve their behavior um, based on that data. And this is machine learning. So therefore, this is the most important area. I love that definition, actually, because it's so simple. It's so straight to the point. Um, maybe for the people who don't know, where do all those big companies, but generally people that actually enable uh, machine learning algorithms, where do they get the data from? Maybe you can give an insight. Yeah, that is, uh, we have talked about the hardware, which mm -hmm. increased uh, like crazy. But the second really very important uh, ingredients to get AI or machine learning is the data, actually. Mm -hmm. And it is a vast amount of data. Uh, it's not just a few data. It's really mm -hmm. huge amounts for complicated tasks. We said already uh, the amount of data must correspond to the number of parameters to get good results and a good generalization. And nowadays for complicated tasks like autonomous driving, also speech recognition, you have millions of parameters. Mm -hmm. And therefore you need millions of, of, of data pairs or label data to train these, these networks. Right. Yeah, where do they come from? Um, uh, of course, they are coming from the internet. You know, we have uh, the internet is everywhere. Everybody is doing business over the internet. Uh, we are talking about Internet of Things, which generates again much more data, and mm -hmm. so we have huge amounts of data. Um, you do your your business today on the internet, uh, online ordering. Ordering. Um, you, you you do uh, um, uh, critics about products and and and, and uh, all this kind of stuff. You put everything into the internet. You are chatting. <laughs> Uh, with messengers and all this data is available right. and a lot of this data is public actually yeah for example look the the um, the governance uh, put all the legislative um, uh, texts and and uh, laws and uh, uh, also the protocols online in mm -hmm. different languages the EU is doing this Canada is doing this the US so this already is a huge uh, corpus of, 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 of written language text mm -hmm. And of course, you have, I don't know, you have millions of videos of pictures uh, on, on the internet. Yeah. But then the big internet companies like Google, Facebook, etc., they of course have additional more data, yeah. user data, transactional data, data they are not publishing, search uh, data, etc. So they are in a very good position mm -hmm. to have that data which they make not publicly available. Interesting. Yeah, what I just read a couple of days ago um, was that um, in general, 
Germany, let's say in Germany, everybody, um, all the, the people living in Germany should enable to publish all the relevant data of, the, of the, their personal information more or less. Um, to actually enable startups um, to, to build algorithms based on, on all the information that people give at hand and people can decide which relevant information they want to share and which information they don't want to share but generally all information will be shared unless somebody says no I don't want to share that. Do you think that's a relevant trend or do you think to actually summarize, summarize all the data and to have a good data set to build startups and good companies based on, on the data sets, uh, we need to find other ways than just sending out all information of all, of all the people. Yeah, this is a very important but also very tricky and complicated um, mm. topic, of course, which needs a long, longer discussion. So I think it's it's not good if if huge amount of, of private data just belongs to, to some private companies who have who have a lot of uh, power with this data, but they are not publishing that, that data. Mm. So I agree with you, data should be publicly available. Yeah. And I really agree on that, that government saying this data belongs to everybody. We are just publishing it here on the internet, making it available for everybody. Mm. That, that is great. On the other side, you have this data privacy and yeah. you should respect that. And everybody really should have the choice to say, uh, I'm okay with this if this data is published mm -hmm. and I have maybe advantages out of that, or I do not want to, to publish my data. So yeah. you should have the free choice. of You you are the owner of your data. Mm -hmm. So they also have to be protected. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah? But this is tricky. Um, and so can I use the data anonymously or not? For example, um, if your data is used to train a neural network, I mean, uh, you never can trace this data back to, 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 to Max right. Elster, of course. Right. But right. on the other side, your data are in there. Mm -hmm. And if you say, no, I do not want that, do we have to destroy the whole training set uh, or retrain again without your data? Is mm -hmm. there any difference? Mm -hmm. uh, this is very, very difficult questions, but we have to discuss them. Right, right. So you think at first people need to dis need to join discussions about ethics, about data governance. I yeah. think that's yeah. definitely a trend what we have seen as well. But we have talked about it before already. Um, maybe to go into like little detail to make AI um, um, possible at hand. I mean, you have worked at ThoughtWorks, you work at uh, ThoughtWorks where you actually do AI stuff um, for other companies and you do software development as well. Um, as the global head of AI, you somehow control all the different uh, features there. What do you, like, maybe can you give an example of how AI has already helped a company of uh, that you advise in ThoughtWorks? Um, how has how has it con con in concrete helped uh, oh, yeah. companies? There, there are a couple of examples. Maybe one, one good example you can check on the internet here in Germany. Um, you know the company Autoscout, um, mm -hmm. where you can sell your used car on, on that platform. Mm -hmm. And today you have um, kind of an assistant on that, 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 that website. Uh, before you're selling your car, you can enter the, the, the important dates of your car, like the, the age, the model, uh, the engine, the horsepower and stuff like that. And then you get a good price, a price estimation, saying mm -hmm. uh, this would be a fair price compared to other cars already sold on that platform. Mm -hmm. And that is something which is learned by, by an artificial intelligence algorithm. And that is something ThoughtWork helped uh, Autoscout to build that, that page. That, that is one, one example. Mm -hmm. um, other examples is, uh, are we, we built a couple of chatbots. For example, one chatbot internally that was an experiment really to see how far you can go with chatbots and the technology where we build a chatbot where you can um, 
ask for um, for leave requests. So if you want to make vacation, then you talk with the chatbot and uh, he is guiding you through the procedure to mm -hmm. get approval for your vacation. That is another example. Cool. Yeah, I mean, real case examples are always the best, I think, in that regard, because people can feel where it actually uh, has a consequence on. And I think especially for the, a lot of people think AI is something that is developed in a closed room and nothing is going to put, be put out since it's still a term that is not 100% defined. But here we can actually see that there are real case examples that are helpful for the customers, not just helpful for the businesses to generate data and compromise data in a in a big um, a big pot, but it's more using the data to do something valuable for the customer, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I think um, the world already is full of examples of AI. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, look your your Alexa or Google Assistants at home. Um, here I have a smartphone. Uh, actually, this is from Google. Mm -hmm. It's full of AI. Right. If you take the camera, who is calculating the best light um, uh, and, and and colors for you? Mm -hmm. um, if if he's doing auto completion when you're writing a text message or an email, whatever is proposing things next to do. Uh, this is full of AI. This is just just one example. Mm -hmm. And if you see what the what our industry is doing, which will come in the next years, uh, intelligence assistance uh, right. helping you really actively driving on the, on the highway and stuff like that. Um, or if you see what 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 banking <clears throat> and insurance uh, companies are already today doing in um, uh, semi-automating uh, workflows and, and and case management, just mm -hmm. as another example. So there's already a lot of AI around. Or look, for example, um, the, the the recommendation engines you see at, yeah. at, at Netflix, uh, Amazon Prime, also uh, Amazon Auto, wherever. Mm -hmm. and, and behind the scenes, for example, fraud management, nobody is, is uh, easily talking about that, but mm -hmm. there's a lot of things going on where AI or machine learning is already working. Yeah, that's something that I want to, of course, push as well in the podcast, that technology actually can help to make society better. And uh, if you look at Google Maps, they also have a fantastic, uh, fantastic algorithm uh, that help to make um, the Google Maps better. So I think there are definitely great examples. Maybe to go a little, um, little further now from a more um, zoom out perspective. I mean, in, in Germany, we are in a stage definitely where we can do stuff in the AI area, but we are, haven't really uh, pushed it yet. I mean, we have $3 billion of the government that are being pushed now into different startups and different experiments, but we didn't really feel now that it's booming um, compared to China, for example. What do you think um, from a standpoint, AI first is a good example, maybe uh, how it has developed. Maybe you can give a little insight on how technology and how AI has advanced in, uh, in society in general. It, it is advancing very, very fast. And um, At the moment, it is discussed in, in circles of scientists, of, of the industry, definitely, and then, then people who are interested in that, young people. Mm -hmm. But my, I think it will really affect everybody in, in a couple of years. Every citizen, uh, if you take driving, if you, if you take your job, if you take education, whatever, healthcare, um, <clears throat> medicine, it will, AI will affect everywhere. And, and we have to have a really uh, open discussion in, in the whole 
population about that if mm -hmm. we want that what are the, the 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 great advantages and the chances we are we are getting by this but of, on the other side what are the risks we are we are getting into mm -hmm. and i think we need a, a really an open discussion much wider than we have it today so not in technical meetups but really also publicly everywhere uh, talking about about that right so there's for example a great initiative which started in finland and i think they're spreading around the world now which said that at least one percent of the population should be capable of understanding AI and, and know what it is and then having this discussion and bring it into their professions and companies and, and uh, uh, education and, and wherever. Mm -hmm. um, so 1% doesn't sound much, but on the other side, we have 80, 80 million uh, inhabitants in, in, in Germany. Yeah. So 1% so, so would be 800,000. That is already a lot, which we don't have, have today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and what you said now, we get more awareness uh, from the government and there are big, big spending programs. It, mm -hmm. it is great that we have this awareness. This helps us to discuss these topics. Right. On the other side, I'm always a bit, bit skeptical about these this publicly spended uh, projects. There's a lot of bu bureaucracy, mm -hmm. overhead, and I think it will, it has to come out of the industry. Right. That, that is the driver um, to, to push that field. Um, and I think Germany is, is, a, is a great area to, to also be a leader in that. We mm -hmm. have great scientists, we have great um, universities, great people, uh, also great companies. Look look at, I don't know, Otto or um, uh, Salando, two examples mm -hmm. we are working with. Right. Uh, they have huge uh, departments um, for artificial intelligence. Others are Bosch or all the, the auto, auto automakers. Um, mm -hmm. They are heavily investing in that and, and driving this with hundreds or even thousands of people. Right. So also in Germany, we are developing very well. Um, we shouldn't be shy uh, against US and China. Of course, maybe we cannot reach that level, but um, we are also an engineering company and, and we have the bright minds here in our country as well. And we should should make the conditions and help them to stay here mm -hmm. and develop our industry. Absolutely, I love that. Uh, love that topic because I I, I also just um, listened to an interview between Satya Nadella, the Microsoft CEO, and uh, Dieter Zetscher, the Daimler CEO, and they also talked about the improvement of, of course, all the automobile um, companies that shift from a more or less hardware company to a software company. Uh, and I think the shift is happening. And of course, those companies are so big that it's not going to happen from one day to the other. But since the progress has already started, we can definitely see that, um, especially the big automobile uh, companies have shifted towards a great a great uh, transition. Uh, maybe, as you said already, it needs to come from the industry. Um, it needs to come from all the companies that are already um, already have been yeah, developing over over decades, and they need to actually make the move now and invest in AI. Um, a lot of companies now they don't know the answer to the question what they should do. Right? Should they have an in-house um, in-house team that are somehow thinking about AI? Should they um, talk to um, consultants, to AI experts? What do you think is a good first step for a company to evaluate what AI yeah. uh, initiatives a company can do? That, that is an excellent question. And we get this question almost every day by our clients. Mm -hmm. um, I would say um, because AI is already so important and will increase in importance and it will not go away. It's not just something which is away in a couple of years again, so like mm -hmm. a trend. It will stay. Therefore, it makes really sense. It's important that the, the, the industry, the company is also building internal skills. They need internal skills like IT skills or business skills. They also will need skills in machine learning and AI. Mm -hmm. 
This is hard to get at the moment, um, to get the experts, especially experts with experience, quite expensive. So therefore, as a, as a start, of course, it makes a lot of sense to work with external um, companies together. Mm -hmm. um, so what we are doing always, uh, we are working in mixed teams because ThoughtWorks is not only building a software or doing a job. We also want to create value and, and long-lasting value on the client side. So therefore, also the educational aspect mm -hmm. is, is really important. And that is something we recommend from, from the beginning to work in mixed teams okay. so that the people on the, on the, on the customer, uh, on the company learning from, from the service provider mm -hmm. how to do this. And there's some, some kind of knowledge transfer. Right, right. But it's not only the knowledge. So companies really have to change to, to be successful in AI. Mm -hmm. There are, there are other things which are really important, otherwise it will not work. First thing probably is data. As we said, um, AI basically is machine learning. Mm -hmm. Machine learning needs data. Yeah. So you need the data. And uh, it's not enough if you say, I have my data in the ERP system somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, <laughs> The data must be accessible. It must be to able to combine it, to do feature extraction, to wrangling and working on that data. Yeah. That is what data scientists are doing. Mm -hmm. So you need a good environment. And also you need the, 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 the mindset of that. Mm -hmm. And that's, that has to change in, in a lot of companies. Today you have the mindset, that is my data, data is isolated, data is in yeah. silos, data is power. So people are not uh, allowing to give the data to another department, for example. They do not want that people looking into their data. Mm -hmm. You don't have this openness. And with this mindset, machine learning will not, will not be successful. Because you have to combine this data easily and you have to mm -hmm. learn, of course, your algorithms on that data. So that's what we're calling data governance or data democracy. Mm -hmm. That is a big mind shift in companies. The bigger the company, the more difficult. Right. Uh, that is something that is, that is really important. Another thing is the, the, the development model. Um, you have to be agile. It has to be agile. So mm -hmm. with, with the old waterfall model, um, it will not work. You yeah. cannot develop AI in a year and then it is done. You have to <laughs> need these, these fast cycles of, of trying. You have more risks. You do mm -hmm. not know if it works with the data. It, it is feasible. You start small with, with, the, with a minimal valuable product, for example. Mm -hmm. And then you increase. You learn, by the way. So right. this agile development is 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 uh, is really important. So do you also think in that regard that especially AI initiatives, software things should be at first developed internally before it goes out to the customer, or do you think put it as put it out as soon as possible to learn how the customer? Actually, I would really recommend to put it out as as fast as possible. Okay. Something we really do not. Um, recommend and a lot of customers are doing this they're starting with proof of concepts mm -hmm. so some people in, in the IT or even in the business say I heard about uh, I don't know TensorFlow or some, some uh, software that's really easy um, accessible you can download it there are great tutorials out there mm -hmm. so the start is quite easy yeah. and they, they get some data somewhere from their company save it as a CSV files mm -hmm. and then tinker around with that and they get some results And they say, look here, I have a machine learning model, it works. And everybody is really excited and say, I, that's something we need. But then the move from this, this, um, this model on your laptop, actually, into the productive environment, that is a huge step. And, mm -hmm. and it's very cumbersome and takes time. We have one client, uh, they takes, takes more than one and a half years to, to go from this proof of concept to the productive environment. And what we see is that, I don't know, 90% even more of these proof of concepts have no really value. Mm -hmm. they, there is a short excitement, but then they see the difficulties, what it means to make it operative. 
and then they stop the whole thing and the thing is not driven further. Got it. So what we say is actually don't do a proof of concept, do a minimal valuable product. Mm -hmm. And this is already a product which is out at the users right. and you get the real feedback and you have all the pain from the development to the user, to the productive environment at once, but with a very small case. Mm -hmm. uh, and when you have solved that, then with the agile process and iteration, you can enlarge this and work on that. Right. Uh, and, and this is a much more, much better and long-lasting process than, than doing all these proof of concepts. Yeah, and it seems to be a, a synergy, right? It's not just, okay, be agile and you're going to have uh, good initiatives. You really have to also, on the other side, have the data governance in order to build initiatives around AI. I mean, uh, that's, I think, a great first step for all companies and for all um, founders or entrepreneurs listening or people in companies that in order to actually build initiatives, you need to start now with the data governance, right? I mean, there's so much data that's being somehow lost within a company, whether it's through speech or through text or through emails, whatever it is, but collect data, build the synergies within the company and also combine teams in order to um, let the knowledge not just spread within one team, but also within the whole company. I think that's something where a lot of companies are now struggling with. Um, do you think there's a good first start in the data governance part where they can start collecting data or do you think yeah. um, generally um, all data needs to be... What you say is correct, but don't think too big at the beginning. Start mm -hmm. small. That, that is really important. Uh, in, in particular, bigger companies tend to work horizontally. Yeah. So they say, let's first um, solve the data governance stuff. So we first have to define this. This takes them already years <laughs> just to define uh, the rules and, and the data governance everybody is happy with. Mm -hmm. Then they say, okay, next step is our data infrastructure. Yeah. And they want to build a huge data infrastructure without any business value at the moment. Data lakes and this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and it has no value. And Again, this can take years until this is ready. Mm -hmm. At that time, every business already lost his, his patient and said, what are you doing there? Yeah. Uh, th that is the, the horizontal cut. What we always recommend is the vertical cut. Mm -hmm. We say, let's start with a real problem. So, I don't know, maybe build a chatbot for your support organization mm -hmm. or do kind of a process uh, in an automatic way, yeah, like, like, I don't know, vacation management as we did or, or anything else. A small thing, but which really creates some business value. Mm -hmm. And then get a, get a first prototype as soon as possible, so in, right. a, in a couple of months. Uh, don't define the whole architecture layer just for this case. It will it will grow with, with time. Mm -hmm. But then you show real value. Everybody says, wow. Um, and you get it in front of your clients and your customers immediately. And that is really important. Yeah. You get the feedback. You see it's valuable. And then you increase horizontally. That's mm -hmm. really important. Interesting. So really go vertical before you go horizontal. I think that's something, a good tip at hand here. Um, maybe to go a little, uh, little step further now. I think we have a lot of young people also listening um, since we're also in the last minutes now, we are so we have a lot of young people listening that are interested in the technology and the different movements we see in technology. What would you recommend a 18-year-old um, girl or boy that is interested in um, in the future and interested in actually have a long-lasting future with society and uh, us as human beings? What do you recommend in regards to AI? How can they explore the world of technology and AI especially? There have, have never been a better time than, than today mm -hmm. to go into that. Um, because so much stuff is publicly available on the internet. Mm -hmm. So there are really great um, documentation, tutorials, uh, material, videos, lectures, 
everywhere in in a, in an amazing quality mm. publicly and free of charge available on the internet although the from stanford university the lectures from N andrew ng he's, mm -hmm. he's really a great guy um, and other guys uh, they are just available on, on the internet mm -hmm. um, and uh, you have these 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 online universities um, Google has developed TensorFlow. It's a great um, um, platform for machine learning. Mm -hmm. uh, they did great documentation, tutorials. To, it's, it's really easy to start with that. Mm -hmm. And by the hardware, you just need a lap laptop. That's right. it. You don't need the huge machines then form a time. You need a laptop, you need an internet connection, and you need time. That's all what you need. And then just start. Uh, go through either the tutorials or an online course, um, I think Python is a great start. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a great language. It's not difficult to learn. And it's really the basis for all data science and machine learning. Mm -hmm. um, that would be a great start. And then start with, with things, mm -hmm. with little things in your environment and make starting with your own project. Mm -hmm. yeah? So I, I'm a judge on the International AI Family Challenge. Okay, cool. <clears throat> that is an, um, uh, this is an initiative from U.S., Where, where families actually are asked to make little little uh, toy examples with artificial intelligence and the best ones are invited to Silicon Valley and it's amazing what, what people are doing there and, and actually around the world because um, also people in, in, in other countries in the development countries they have internet access they have computers today or mobile devices uh, and they also have access to this stuff mm -hmm. and um, so that, that is everything you need to, to, to start with this I mean, when you really want to get into this, then later you love it, then of course I would recommend to, to study that. We have sure. great universities in Germany. And another thing is connect with other people. Don't do it by yourself. Um, that is the great thing about the meetup scene. We have mm -hmm. here in Cologne, in Berlin, and in other cities as well, mm -hmm. um, where you meet other people who are also enthusiastic about this field. Right. That is very open. You openly discuss topics. You, you listen to others, what they are doing. You can discuss with them. You make friends and connections. So do it in a community. That is also really important. Great. I mean, uh, that's also how we met. Um, Absolutely. In, on a meetup. And we're also planning maybe for all the listeners to do a an event uh, for society in order to, to discuss voice, to discuss AI in general. And um, if people are interested, maybe let us know so we can actually plan uh, which, which people want to help or which people want to integrate something. Um, so definitely let us know in that regard. I mean, that's great. I mean, the, 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 the young people are the future in that regard, I think, building up um, new possibilities and new chances. And I think being AI and integrating it with family, as you already said, as you are part of a jury, I think that's a cool, cool part. Um, maybe one step before we go into like a last Q&A session. Um, I think now we talked about what's happening now in businesses, what can people business, or what can businesses do and what can people do, young people. Um, maybe taking a step back and looking into the future, maybe 10, 15, 20 years Uh, ahead. What do you think is going to happen? Where are we going to be in, in, in 15, 20 years? Uh, That is a, also an excellent question and an open question. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure um, AI will, will stay. There is no question that this will disappear again or that there will be an AI winter or another one. I don't think so. So AI will really be an important part in all the industry processes and in everything which is around our, our lives. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very convinced on that. Um, of course, uh, at the moment we have a huge hype what, what AI is capable of doing mm -hmm. and that is a question if we really 
uh, can can reach these promises in the next years. Yeah. Maybe there will be some kind of winter that, that people are a bit disappointed. Mm -hmm. You see it already now, so there's not that much hype still in the in the internet and press than it was a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. So it's getting a bit more calmer. Um, so, but we will making huge progresses. I'm, I'm sure. So, for example, at the moment we are doing great on a, on a scientific um, in the scientific area. We're doing great progress in the area of natural language processing, mm -hmm. um, transfer learning, and, and other very exciting stuffs. And this will help the applications in the next years, which you will then see in forms of, of better understanding chatbots, for example, more mm -hmm. complicated stuff, speech recognition, what, what your startup is doing. Mm -hmm. uh, then there you will see these, these results and there will be another excitement again. Mm -hmm. um, of course, the holy grail everybody is looking for is really intelligent systems. Mm -hmm. um, so, And this is probably still a long way to go, but nobody knows. Maybe in 50 years we are at that point. Maybe it goes much faster than we can imagine. Mm -hmm. um, look, look the, the Go Play uh, just five years ago or before this Google beat the, the world leader in, in Go. And everybody was saying, no, that will never happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then suddenly um, uh, the computer beat the, the, the world champion in, in, in the Go Play. Uh, mm -hmm. So that, that came much faster than, than everybody expected. And right. maybe that's the same with... Um, With, with, with really intelligent AI systems. And what I mean with really intelligent is that an AI system really has some understanding about what he's, what he's doing, what he's talking about. Right, right. That is the biggest problem today. They are great in, in pattern recognition, optical mm. pattern recognition, acoustic pattern recognition. They understand intents, what, somebody, what, what I want to say for a chatbot. But it's, it's more a pattern recognition and then they do some actions mm -hmm. based on a decision tree or whatever. Mm -hmm. They do not really have an understanding what is it, what, what I'm talking about. Right. This is missing. Or the, um, uh, some, some sense of, of world knowledge. Yeah? So the, the basic stuff that uh, when I put the glass down, it will break. Uh, of mm -hmm. course, the, the AI doesn't know this, this kind right. of stuff. Every child knows that. And here we still need scientific breakthroughs. Nobody knows today how to achieve that. Mm -hmm. um, and this will be a big step further if, if we can achieve this. And I can, really can't say if this takes a couple of years or a couple of decades. I have no idea. Yeah, that's the fun part about it, right? Yeah. Not knowing what's going to happen is also drives curiosity and right. I think right. brings people even more together to work on the topic yeah. Uh, yeah. When, yeah. when there's a lot of future. I mean, that's, that's lovely. Maybe we can go now into the Q&A. Um, How do you, or what resources do you consume, um, books, podcasts, blogs, in order to um, keep being relevant yep. and updated on a topic? I read a lot of blogs, certainly, uh, uh, because mm -hmm. they are really brand new and they are very actual and uh, recent. So mm -hmm. when somebody writes, hours later, you can read it already, you know. Yeah. And, and to really get what's going on on the internet, I read a, read a lot of blogs like, like Reddit and, mm -hmm. and Medium and, and other stuff. Okay. I, I love books, but you, you need much more time to read, read books. Yeah. For example, at the moment, I'm, I'm reading um, from Judea Pearl, the, the book of why, because he's describing how AI could achieve reasoning mm -hmm. um, and um, um, the, the, yeah, the, the science of cause and effect Uh, that, that is very interesting, but you need some time. So that is some, maybe something more for vacations or if you really have some time. Right. But other than, yeah, the blogs. And of course, when I'm commuting or traveling, I, I listen to podcasts. Cool. Is there like one podcast that you listen to in the AI space? Yes, I really can recommend the podcast uh, Twimmel AI. Which, Twimmel? Twimmel. This okay. is T-W-M-L 
AI, which is the abbreviation for this week in machine learning and AI. Ah, okay. That is, a, I think it's Scott Harrison running that. It's a great podcast. He really gets the great people in AI mm -hmm. into his podcast, into his show. He has a show every every week, I think. He's also on the, on the big conferences in the US and, and reporting from these conferences. That is a podcast I really like and can recommend in the AI and machine learning field. Fantastic. I will put all the information in the show notes just to get it. That's nice. Um, how, do, how do you keep your to-dos together? Um, do you have a tool that you use? Actually, I'm, I'm a big fan. Maybe you know this, this book, the very famous book from, from David Allen, uh, Get Things Done. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of that. So I really try to, to live with zero inbox. Mm -hmm. uh, so really uh, keep the inbox clean because that is really a burden. If you know there are, there are lots of emails in your inbox you haven't seen and you have to concentrate on other things, mm -hmm. that's, that's really, really um, a, a, a bad thing. So that is something I do and I learned from him to work with to-do lists. Mm -hmm. So to get these things you have to do out of your mind, out of your head, so that your head is free for, for thinking new things and concentrating on things and, and doing this kind of to-do list. Cool. So what I, what I really love also is, maybe you heard about this MIT, which stands for most important thing. Mm -hmm. So I try in the, in the beginning of the day to mark maybe two or three things which really have to be done today. Okay. These, are, these are my MITs on the top of the list. Mm -hmm. And I really have to do this, otherwise I'm feeling uncomfortable at the end of the day. And do you use a tool for the to-do list? or um, Well, I have, have to-do list on my mobile phone, but basically it's just a, just a, a Google Doc uh, on the Google Drive, which I can access from everywhere. That, that's enough. Okay, perfect. Cool. Is there a routine that you, uh, you do to keep fresh and updated on everything? Oh, well, in the morning I, I, I have to start with a good breakfast. That is really important for me, and a good coffee, and then I'm, I'm, I'm happy to go. And I also love to, to make make a, a jog in the morning before breakfast even okay. to be, be fresh and then, then start really fresh and relaxed into the day. Great. Fantastic. How can people get in touch with you in order to get uh, maybe uh, interesting conversations or business-related uh, synergies? Um, of course, you find me on LinkedIn mm -hmm. under Christoph Windhauser um, easily. Um, I think in, in your podcast we can we can uh, publish also my email address at ThoughtWorks, yep, yep. which is uh, christoph.windhauser at thoughtworks.com. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just write me an email or contact me via LinkedIn. You find me there, and then I'm I'm happy uh, to uh, to chat with you. Fantastic, Christoph. Thanks a lot. I think we are perfectly on time. Um, thanks a lot for the interview. Really enjoyed chatting about your view on AI and what's actually happening in the industry since that's been something that uh, has not been uh, a topic in, in the podcast. So thank you for your time. Thanks for the nice conversation. And uh, right. Yeah, Max, thank you very much for having me here in your show. I really appreciate that. And um, yeah, it's, it's our exciting times and what we both here can, can, can live in. That's great. Thank you. Definitely. I will also keep everybody updated uh, in terms of maybe the possible event that we're going to do. Um, if people want to join to, to uh, get to yes. know you and maybe get to know other thought leaders from ThoughtWorks or different companies, I will also be there with my team, I think. So um, definitely great uh, to keep updated. Thank you. Thank you.